you could be mine. The taste of your skin rolling, gliding over my senses. Erotic fantasies flashing over in my mind to let me know much. How much they don't compare to you. I can almost feel the soft press of your body, warm, firm, molding with mind form a perfect being. Nimble fingers and hands working their spells over my desires. We could be one. You know that. We could be trapped in our fancies, staying tied down in our own little play world, held back by a thirst that can't be quenched. I could be yours, wrapped in clear blanket on display for your amusement, to show everyone the catch you've made, the servant you found, the lover you chose. We could be ours. <clears throat> That's Could Be's by James Gaspard. And welcome to the live show recording. Thank you so much for joining us. It is going to be an erotic show today. Before we get into that, though, <clears throat> quick quotes. Quick quotes. All you got to do is put a quote. And I will say it, yes, totes, it's a quick uh, quote. If you're at the live show and you have something you want me to say, no matter what it is, just go ahead and put it in quotation marks, and unless I find it very distasteful, I will say that shit. I will say it, and you can request it however you want. <clears throat> Here we go, we've got something like this. <clears throat> I've got a fever. And the only cure is more cowbell. I don't think that's the line, though. I'm pretty sure the line is, I've got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Because the way Chris Walken says prescription is, is fantastic. you gotta, you got to include that. True story. True story about Christopher Walken. The first thing he does when he gets a script after he's gotten a part he takes out all the punctuation. He takes it all out. That is a true story. Every comma, every period, all of it gone. <laughs> In case you ever wondered. Okay, quick quotes. Good girl. Oh, you're just so adorable. Come here. Finally. Some good fucking food. Really? Gordon Ramsay memes? All right. You did well this week. I am so proud of you, baby girl. Uh, I heard a, I heard a joke, or I heard a line the other day, and that is, you look more nervous than Gordon Ramsay's wife when she's about to get her pussy eaten. <clears throat> Get on your knees and prove it, baby girl. I miss you, Buffy. That's what Joss Whedon is saying right now. Hand on a picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar. 
his career in tatters. Hey, he did it to himself. Oh, really? Nobody got quick quotes? Quick quotes. Quick quotes. Anybody? Before we finish up? Wow. <clears throat> it's usually a cloud freezer, too. Come, sit on my lap, baby girl, and let me hold you close. Thank you for being so patient while I've been away. Now, be a good girl and spread those legs. That's right. Daddy wants to show you just how much he missed you, too. Daddy has been waiting all day to taste your sweet pussy baby girl. Be a good girl and fetch my cane. Knees, now! Don't make me ask again, little girl. Always remember, you are braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, smarter than you think, and more loved than you know. All right, guys, gosh, Ali's going to take out all kinds of silences. Quick quotes and dead air. Quick quotes, dead air. <clears throat> Follow me into the endless night. Relax. Deep breaths. Everything won't go your way, and that's a-okay. <clears throat> Strawberries are way better than blackberries, and you can't change my mind. Not a Kendrick Lamar fan, I see. Oh, are the bad thoughts getting to you again? Good. I want to know every filthy thing on your mind. Okay, guys, finishing up. If you've got a request for quick quotes, it can be as little as your name or something like that. Let's finish it out. Let's finish it up, especially if you're a new girl or you haven't requested anything tonight. Let's get those quick quotes in so we can move the show right on along. Nobody, nothing, my goodness. I see new girls. I see new girls, but I do not hear new girls. <laughs> Finishing up the quick quotes. We got to close the door eventually. There we go. Spatial dynamics of nest deep predation in white-throated sparrows. All right. Spatial dynamics of nest depredation in white-throated sparrows. So that would be a paper about uh, how various 
white-throated sparrow nests stop them from being preyed upon? Goodness. Because I predate all the time, so I have to know that word. I want you right now. It's going to be all right. You tried hard today, and you can try again tomorrow. Keep going. It'll be okay. Ride me hard. Well, of all the theses to defend, one about defensive nests is probably a good one because you can just say, well, look at the nest. Look at how defensive it is. Next question. Okay, guys, quick quotes. Thank you so much. <clears throat> that was a lot of fun. Let's move right on in to the next formal request. To the hipster couple spooning in the corner booth, put your fucking shoes on. This is not your living room, and nobody wants to see you force your tongues through each other's spacers. To the couple with five kids under the age of nine, plus one on the way, stop having babies. But if you insist on having babies, stop bringing them to my restaurant to grind an entire box of Cheerios into the carpet while you smile and pretend that I'm not the one who has to clean this shit up. To the fat guy who just shat all over our bathroom. Really, dude? Really? To the old women who have complained about everything. The music is this loud because you're in a bar. The cocktails are so expensive because the prices have gone up. Since you started drinking in 1933. It's so cold in here because you're dying. And that's what it feels like. To the young woman crying softly in the center table. We're all staring. Please take your steak knife and drive it through your outstretched palm of the boy across from you. Otherwise, in this restaurant, we will watch him leave you. We will smile coldly. We will wish you well and walk out the door without paying the bill. Please do not let this happen. Dump your drink in his lap. Shatter the pint glass across the side of his face. Hands heal. Pride does not. Do not give him the courtesy of believing this doesn't hurt. Freak out. Like his words are a spider colony erupting from his mouth. Freak out. Like you're a hipster who just discovered we don't serve PBR here. Freak out. Like you're a couple with too many kids all started choking simultaneously on Cheerios. Freak out. Freak out, like you're an old woman who discovered too late that Chardonnay you've been drinking is $11 a glass. Oh, and poison. Freak out, because your ex-boyfriend is a coward who brought you to a shitty restaurant to tell you he no longer loves you. Because he learned from some scene and from some movie that you make less of a scene, that your shame would be kept so quiet that our stares would make this easier on him. Prove him wrong. 
Light the table on fire. Shatter his teeth with your dinner plate. Grab him and drag him screaming into the kitchen. Press his hands up against the heat lamp. You are worth more than the 15 minutes he spent embarrassing you tonight. Make him remember badly the day he left you. And maybe next time when he finds himself reaching across the table for a woman he no longer loves, he'll remember. There are some things you just don't do in restaurants. There are just some things you don't do in restaurants by Shane Howley. Okay. <clears throat> Boy. We're really, we're really going to jump off levels here. Here's the next one. <clears throat> I've always had trouble with this one, too. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often in his golden complexion dim. And every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course, untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade nor lose possession on how fair thou ost, nor shall death brag thou wanderest in his shade when in eternal lines to time thou grost. So long as men can breathe, or eyes can see, so long lives this, and this gives life to thee. That, of course, would be... Fuck, I wanted to come up with a great joke. I wanted to be like Emo Phillips, but nothing came to me. Uh, that would be William Shakespeare, sonnet number 18. <laughs> that would be Dennis Leary, No Cure for Cancer. That's, of course, everybody knows that one. That's, uh, <laughs> that's Billy Ray Cyrus, Country Girls Are Easy. <laughs> wow, that's going to be my new bit. I'm, every time, every time that I just want to make something up to see if I can get away with it, I'm going to pretend it's a Billy Ray Cyrus song. Of course, it's like the classic Billy Ray Cyrus song, She Had No Bikini On. <laughs> oh, that's just like the Billy Ray Cyrus song, And There I Was in Georgia Again. Nobody will call you on it. <laughs> what, is some Billy Ray Cyrus fan in the back going to be like, Now hold on! <laughs> of course, that's like the Billy Ray Cyrus song, My Truck Nuts Done Fell Off. That's not really one. Hold on a minute. Hold on! <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Here we go. Again, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Here we go. Diego, nothing compares to your hands. Nothing like the green gold of your eyes. My body is filled with you for days and days. You are the mirror of the night. The violent flash of lightning, the dampness of the earth, the hollow of your armpits is my shelter. All joy 
is to feel life spring from your flower fountain, to fill all the paths of my nerves, which are yours. My Diego, mirror of the night. Your eyes green swords inside my flesh, waves between our hands. All of you in a space full of sounds, in the shade and in the light. You were called Oxychrome, the one who captures color. I, Chromosphore, the one who gives color. We are all the combinations of numbers. Life. My wish is to understand lines from shade movements you fulfill and I receive. Your words travels the entirety of space and reaches my cells, which are my stars, and then goes to yours, which are my light. It was the thirst of many years ago restrained in our body, chained words which we could not say except for the lips of dreams. Upon your forms, the lashes of the flowers responded to my touch, the murmur of streams. There was all manner of fruits in the juice of your lips, the blood of the pomegranate, the horizon of the mame, and the purified pineapple. I pressed you against my breast, and the prodigy of you form penetrated all my blood through the tips of my fingers. Horizons and landscapes, I trace them with a kiss. Oblivion of words will form the exact language for understanding the glance of our closed eyes. You are here, intangible, and you are all the universe which I shape into the space of my room. For you to my hands I caress your entire body, and I am with you for a minute, and I am with myself for a moment and the blood in the miracle which runs in the vessels of the air from the heart, my heart, to yours. The green miracle of the landscape of my body becomes, in your, the whole of nature. I fly through it to caress the rounded hills with my fingertips. My hands sink into the shadowy valleys in an urge to possess and I am enveloped in the embrace of gentle branches, green and cool. I penetrate the sex of the whole earth. Her heat chars me, and my entire body is rubbed by the freshness of this tender leaves. Their dew is the sweat of an ever-new lover. It's not love or tenderness, or affection. It's life itself, my life, that I found what I saw in it, your hands, in your mouth, in your breasts. Our worlds have never gone outside. Only on mountain can know the core. Only one mountain can know the core of another mountain. Your presence floats for a moment or two, as if wrapping my whole being in an anxious wait for the morning. 
I notice that I'm with you. At that instant, still full of sensation, my hands are sunk in oranges and my body feels surrounded by your area in your arms. Frida Kahlo to Diego Rivera. Very beautiful. A lot of Frida Kahlo requests lately, and she's quite the poet. It's so strange, I only knew her as the painter. I only knew her as the painter. Okay, well, that's hopefully enough of a warm-up for you gals, because all we got from here on in is fucking porn. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. 20, 20 minutes of foreplay, 21 minutes of foreplay, so uh, better than you usually get. <clears throat> I don't know which of these are the serious ones, which of these are the funny ones, and uh, what's what. I have not scanned any of them, but I do know that they're all porn. So here we go. Just going to dig right in. Willow closed her eyes underneath the blindfold. She shivered in the cold, wishing for a blanket or something to cover her. Why did this have to happen to her, tied up, naked on a slab? This stuff never happened to Buffy. I think we started with the funny one. <laughs> I think we found the funny one. Okay. <clears throat> Worst of all, she was alone. Okay, that wasn't too bad. Alone was better than scary priest. Wait, haven't we done this one before on the show? Scary priest guy hovering over her. They disappeared as soon as Buffy had busted into their sanctuary. The sounds of the frights still reached her. Alone. She hoped someone would remember why they'd come. Xander and Oz? Wow, we're in a season three one, huh? Ran silently, not wanting to catch the attention of any spare priests. Buffy had sent them... Oh, shit. Buffy had sent them to find... Fuck me. Why did I have to talk about werewolves tonight? Buffy had sent them to find Willow while she was distracted to the bad guys. They ran past a stone archway, then skidded to a stop. Oz's smaller frame slammed into Xander. Did you just... Oz's whisper was somewhat strangled. I... Xander swallowed and turned back the way they come. Should we... Oz's normally placid face was flushed red and confused. I... He struggled and followed Xander. They stood in the doorway, unable to look away from the sight in front of them. Xander stared enraptured. Her ivory skin looked smooth as silk, and the cold of the room brought her nipples into high relief. His breathing was labored as he caught sight of the ropes holding her arms pinned above her head. He had his mind... Had his mind been capable of anything, he would have felt immediately guilty for what was going through his head. Oz's natural chivalry was fighting a battle with his raging libido. His first impulse was to cover her, untie her, and get her the hell out of there. His second was to stare at her for hours. His third, and the winner, was to take her home, out of Xander's sight, and make love to her for days, at least. Willow tensed. 
Is there something? Is someone there? Her voice was hoarse and dry. Oz started to say something, stopping when Xander's hand landed on his shoulder. He shook his head, motioning to the ropes. Xander walked to her side and reached for the ropes. Oz nodded in agreement. Better to get her covered and safe rather than embarrassing her. He circled around the slab and reached for the rope. Xander met his eyes for a moment. Oz marveled at his expression. There was something dark there, making Oz wonder what was behind his own eyes. Xander stopped trying to think. Thinking had never gotten him far. In fact, it usually landed him in more trouble. So no thinking! Leaning forward, he took Zillow, he took Willow's erect nipple in his lips. Woo! Okay, <laughs> that jumped up. All right, here we go. Her gasp coincided with Oz's. At the ministrations continued, she whimpered, fear and excitement coursing through her. All right, I'm just going to tell you right now, this is going to get difficult for me because of the way that this is written. Because we're going to all of their different perspectives every fucking paragraph. So I'm just warning you now, this is going to get weird. <laughs> Oz stared. What the hell was going on? What the fuck did Xander think he was doing? Willow moaned against his hand and began kneading the soft flesh beneath his tongue. With his other hand, Xander stroked her hair back off her forehead. The hard nub between her, his lips was like heaven. He thought kissing her was heart-stopping. I hate you. I hate this writer so much. Oz couldn't stand it. Fully intending to throw Xander out of the room, he took a step forward. He grabbed Xander by his dark hair and pulled his head back. The younger boy gazed at him, eyes full of lust and something deeper. With a deep sigh, he loosened his hold and said, running his fingers through Xander's hair. Xander stared into Oz's eyes. As his hand began running through his hair, he swallowed. Okay, one more time. Here's the sentence. Xander stared into Oz's eyes. Okay, clear from context. Ready? Everybody gets that picture. As his hand began running through his hair, he swallowed. Who's, who, who's the he and who's the him and who's the his? The implication stunned him. Oz simply shrugged and lowered his head to Willow's other breast. He followed suit and reveled in the feel of Willow's body arching up against her bonds. Willow was pretty sure she was dying. Willow was pretty sure she was dying? Period, but I'm saying it with a question mark. Two tongues assaulted her, causing shivers of excitement to overcome her. She took a deep breath, inhaling her own scent as well as that of her assistants. Xander kissed his way from her nipple to her neck. She gasped as his teeth nipped her skin lightly. Moving further, he licked her skin beneath her earlobe. Ooh, she whispered, her harsh breath making her voice even softer. Oz's hand had taken where Xander's had moved. 
His palm curved naturally to cut the soft mound from her breast, teasing the nipple between her thumb and forefinger. He was thrilled to hear her moan. His body seemed to heat up as he opened his eyes to see Willow lick her lips. Xander blew softly into Willow's ear before meeting the lips, meeting her lips with his own. She opened her mouth beneath him and accepted the soft exploration of his tongue. He kept his hands to himself, afraid that if he touched her, he wouldn't be able to control himself. He'd never pull away. Willow twisted her head away from the kiss and groaned in disappointment. Xander looked up, trying to find Oz. The guitarist was behind him now. <laughs> that not relevant to the story. So many different adjectives you could use. Staring at Willow from the same vantage point. He took Xander's hand in his and guided it to the soft red curls of Willow's sex. Xander raised his eyebrows and refused to touch her. Surely he could wait. Oz nodded. Not thinking about jealousy or possessiveness or why it didn't bother him that he was sharing this moment with his enemy? He applied more force, making Xander touch her. With his other hand, he caressed the boy's back, curving softly around his hip. Pressed together in the hug, Xander could feel Oz's erection against his thigh. Xander closed his eyes, not even wanting to consider the thoughts racing through his mind. Oz released Xander's hand, pleased when it stayed in the apex of Willow's thighs. <laughs> From now on, you no longer have pussies. You now have apexes of thighs. Mm -mm, no more pussies in my fucking work. You're now thigh apexers. <laughs> Moving his hand to Xander's thigh, he took the advantage of Xander's distraction and stroked the dark-haired boy's cock through his jeans. Leaning in, he whispered, I want to watch. Xander thrust against his hand, his cock harder than it had ever been before. I, he whispered. Oz shook his head, moving his hand away. He stepped back a few paces and sat in the throne that faced the slab. And buttoning his jeans, he lowered them and lightly grasped his cock. Xander watched him, his expression one of confusion and desire. Oz nodded and Xander turned his attention back to the girl they loved. He simply looked at her. His hand had not moved on her warm flesh. She was beautiful. He wondered what thoughts were running through her head. Did she know it was them? Did she suspect? Why didn't she cry out? <laughs> only, in, only in fan fiction could a guy with a woman who's scared to death be like fucking around with her body while she's, while she's blindfolded and be all like, oh, I wonder if she's into this. Oh, I wonder if she's scared. Hey, why isn't she talk? Hey, that person who's terrified of dying, why aren't they more into this? That's weird. That's weird, don't you think so, guitarist? If if she doesn't refer to Xander as swim as swimmer by the end of this, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Okay? If we're just referring to them by their high school activities, if Xander is not referred to as swimmer, and if they're not both called bronzers, then what the fuck is this fanfic even, huh? That's right, I know Buffy. 
All right. <laughs> Did she want this? The thought sent a surge of pleasure through him. He moved his hand, stroking the soft curls beneath it. Willow moaned again, softer this time, thrusting her hips up towards his hand. Removing his hand, Xander quickly undid his jeans and slipped them to the floor along with his briefs. Changing position, he climbed onto the slab between the spread eagle legs. Like whispers, his fingertips slid up her thighs, causing her to thrust forward again. The heat of her so close, his aching cock almost brought a moan to Xander's lips. He wouldn't make a noise. Oz watched enraptured as Xander's fingers moved from their silky thighs to the warm folds of her womanhood. He parted her outer lips with his fingers and bent down to gently blow into her warm wetness. He could smell the sex on both of them, and it was intoxicating. <laughs> he would wait a little longer before joining them. How, how, would, how would he know that from his narrative fucking perspective? His own penis was hard in his hand, his gentle stroking doing nothing but keeping his excitement right on the brink of explosion. The soft air caused her to cry out, but between the excitement and the lack of water, her voice was nothing more than a weak moan. Xander smiled. <laughs> Apex here indeed. All his fantasies were right here in front of him. Willow's scent was overpowering, and, even in the dim light of the room, he could see all the wetness glistening between her legs. What he'd intended as a quick glance at Oz's changed as he kept eye contact with the werewolf, while his tongue ran roughly over Willow's hard clit. This time, the hoarseness couldn't hold back the cry. She rasped out a shock. Huh. <sighs> as her body pressed down against the tongue. Smiling to himself, Xander closed his eyes and turned his attention to Willow's warm flesh. He tormented her, break breathing against her hard nub without anything actually touching it. She whimpered in frustration until he took pity on her and slowly slid a finger into her tight channel. Oh, yes, she sighed. Oh, thank you. The wet slickness invited more. He pressed another finger inside her, his thrust varying between deep and frustratingly shallow. Please? she begged. In response, he removed his fingers altogether. With one last lick of her clitoris, he pulled away. He looked at Willow's boyfriend, this time his eyes questioning. Oz slid off the throne and moved back to the slab. Xander watched him walk and straddle Willow's chest. His cock brushed against her lips, and she eagerly opened her mouth. Leaning forward, he braced himself against the bonds that held her slowly, slid himself inside her. He heard a grunt softly as her lips met the base of his cock. She stroked it tentatively with her tongue, testing to see what pleased him. He was sure to respond to let her know what he enjoyed. Okay. She whimpered against him. He realized the slab wouldn't allow her to move her head enough, so he slowly began pumping in and out of her welcoming lips. Xander watched now, his cock so hard it hurt. 
He closed his eyes for a moment, wondering what it would feel like to have her lips around him, drinking him in. The image was the soul of erotica. Unable to restrain himself any longer, he timed himself with Oz's thrust and slid deeply inside her wet vagina. Willow thought she was going to explode. Oz's, she was pretty sure it was Oz's, cock was buried deep in her throat, the salty taste of him like an aphrodisiac to her senses. But coupled with the feel of Xander, God, her Xander, buried so deep in her pussy, she wasn't sure how much longer she could hold it. It was killing her not to call them by name, beg them to touch her. But now, now that they were fucking her, the rhythms were matching hers perfectly. She tasted Oz as his cock began to tighten, and she knew he was close. She thrust faster with her hips, begging Xander silently to go deeper, faster, harder. He accepted her silent plea and, taking her hips in his hands, forced himself so deep inside her she thought she would die. Her orgasm shook her, coming on the heels of Xander's last thrust. As she tightened the muscles of her vagina around him, he exploded with her. His hot seed spilled, spilled inside her wet channel as Oz gasped and spent himself deep inside her throat. She swallowed, glad of something, to wet her throat. The two boys disengaged themselves from her slowly, gently, they refused to look at each other. Doing so would require not only acknowledging what they had done, but perhaps understanding the thoughts they shared. Dressing quickly, they left the room in an unspoken agreement and headed off down the hall. What the f- What the fuck? <laughs> I did not expect that ending. Okay. Asterisk, 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 Okay, I think space and time is changing. I don't know for sure, though. Here we go. Here we go. This is going to be crazy. Buffy looked anxiously around the compound. Where the hell were they? They decided that, if they couldn't find Willow, they'd all meet here at the gate. She sighed, hoping they hadn't killed each other. Xander rounded the corner, practically running into the Slayer. Buffy! Xander gasped, clearly out of breath. Priests! Room! Willow! She rushed after him, following his lead to the room where she prayed her friend was still safe. They paused at the door. Oz motioned into the room. She was naked. I think the this is, we scared the priests off, but I didn't want to embarrass her. Buffy nodded. She entered the room and gasped. Willow was tied to a slab, completely naked. Wills? Oh, God, Wills? Are you okay? Did they hurt you? The cloying smell of something like incense permeated the room? Did they do anything to you? Water, she rasped. Buffy undid the ropes that bound her and helped her to sit up. Removing the blindfold, she helped Willow down and over to a small basin. The younger girl, this is so weird, drank deep from the scoop, relieving her parched throat. After her thirst was quenched, she poured several scoopfuls over herself and washed away the residual gravel from the slab and 
other things. <laughs> Buffy found her clothes and helped her dress when the hacker was falling. <laughs> <laughs> when that hacker was fully clothed, oh, woo, she called the boys in. They clustered to Willow, hugging her closely. Xander, his eyes full of meaning, held her by the shoulder. Are you all right, Will? I'm fine. Better than that. Her eyes traveled from Oz back to him, a knowing smile on her face. I'm okay. They didn't sacrifice you, did they? Buffy wasn't quite sure how sacrifice worked, no matter how many times they came up against them. What the fuck? Again, she smiled at the two men in her life. Nope. No sacrifice at all. Okay, that was something special. That was Alter by Romantic Girl. Uh, I may be spelling... This might be, like, my dyslexia. Uh... I think she spelled alter wrong. It's spelled A-L-T-E-R. So there might be a double meaning, or I think she used the wrong spelling of alter for the altar that she was on. But I just, I have to, I have to, I have to get into the mindset creative of creative on that one just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> the fact that, that this, that this writer, romantic girl, I'm going to assume she, uh, went out of her way to occasionally pepper in Buffy season three trivia <laughs> is amazing to me. So <laughs> we know we know it's a season two through four uh, episode because Oz is in it, right? He's not in season one. He leaves sometime in season four. He doesn't come back. So we know it's an Oz episode. They look to be still in high school. We know it's a season two or three one. And so they're like, well, I gotta, I gotta show that it's season two or three. And so they're using all of this fucking crazy minutia, all those Buffy slight points where they call, where they call him a guitarist or at the end where Willow's name is the hacker is amazing. God, it's a pre-witch Willow episode. That's early. That's early. Wow. Uh, Willow, of course, is this great story, uh, is this great character on why you should never let your daughters read. Uh, before they allow Willow into the library, she's this nice, quiet girl, uh, she gets straight A's, and then they allow her in the library to hang out, and all of a sudden she's into witchcraft and girls. So, uh, you know, <laughs> gotta keep her on the phone. <laughs> <clears throat> I've always curious when they make a character like gay like that and then the fanfic writers come around afterwards they're like no you're straight again like is that like a thing for them or do they just not give a shit I'm like I don't care it's like Legos to me and they just mash them together uh, 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 uh. Ninja's here and Oz is here uh, 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 uh. okay <clears throat> I'm just making sure. This feels like another one that we've done. I'm getting some deja vu tonight, I guess. <clears throat> just put that box there. Thank you so much. Sounded a girl's voice in the other room. The room had been vacant for several weeks, and suddenly 
there was now, I was now to have a roommate. I cracked my door open. Before my eyes concluded that the long black hair and green gym shorts with a white stripe across the sides were of the same person shouting earlier, great sentence, the girl quickly moved inside and shut the door. Then I heard the sound of rumbling and boxes moving. The phone rang on the other side of my wall on my bedroom. Hello? Yes, I recognized the voice. Yeah, I finally moved in. There was an echo in the room, as you would expect from it being mostly empty. I should introduce myself, I guess. I got up and walked out into the hallway. It showed evidence of movers. Random pieces of tape and boxes scattered a little here and there. I knocked on the door, but in the midst of all the movement, she hadn't heard my knock. I tried louder, nothing. Then I heard water running from the bathroom shower. Ah, that explains it. So I returned to my bedroom. Her phone rang again. Suddenly, the water shut off. Hi, you sounded the excited girl in the other room. Yeah, I was in the shower. Then a long pause, and suddenly she said, I don't think there's another person here. Why does that matter? Then a long pause resumed, and she said, Well, who cares? I do what I want. Do what? I wondered. Ha ha, you pervert, shouted the voice in the bathroom. Let me finish my shower, silly. The rush of water <laughs> resumed in the bathroom. Then I heard singing. The notes were gentle and soothing. Do what? I wondered. I asked myself again. It doesn't matter, and just resumed working. The water shut off, and I heard rumbling again in the bedroom that shared a wall with me. I actually wanted that room at first, but it was occupied when I moved in. It has a view of the water and the sun rises from the sunlight. <laughs> Thanks for telling us that midway through the fucking story. <clears throat> the rumbling stopped, and suddenly there was silence. Okay, maybe now is the time to introduce myself. I looked at myself in the mirror to make sure I don't look scary and unpresentable. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever looked in the mirror to make sure you didn't look scary? <laughs> okay, here I go. I pause with my fist over the door, ready to knock. Suddenly, I heard a moaning sound. I stopped. Not sure whether the sound came from inside a room or not. I raise my fist again to knock. Before my hand contacted the door, I heard the moaning again. I pressed my ear to the door to see if it came from a room. There was a long silence. Stop, you weirdo, I told myself. Okay, maybe I'll introduce myself later. That night, as I lied in bed, I woke up to a slight bang on the wall as though a piece of furniture moved into it. Then the sound of squeaking from a mattress led me to conclude that she positioned her bright her bed right opposite the wall where my bed sat. I hope she doesn't move along in her sleep, I wondered. Or, even worse, I hope she doesn't go to bed late when I work the next day. The resuming silence assured me that as suddenly I heard a moan again. 
This time, I knew it was from her room. I made sure. I sat still and didn't move. I wanted to know for sure. Then, it happened again. Okay, I don't care if I'm weird. I have to know. I pressed my ear to the wall and heard faint repetitive moans followed by quick rubbing noises from the moving sheets and fabric. Oh my god, was she masturbating? I remember again the quick image of her black long soft hair touching her stomach, barely showing from her tank top and cute tight green running shorts. I remembered her creamy white slender legs. Even the faint and quick image was strong enough to get me hard. I pressed my ear against the wall gently and quietly. Oh, yeah. The rubbing grew louder and faster with her voice moaning, repeating along to the rhythm of the rubbing sounds. Suddenly, I was grabbing my own throbbing cock. I moved ever so slowly along the shaft. I don't want to hear, I don't want her to hear me and suddenly stop. I was enjoying this too much. Please don't stop. Wetness from the tip of my cock <laughs> began to drip down the, down the shaft on my hand, and I slowly stroked myself. Gosh, I wanted to stroke myself harder. <laughs> One more time, I'm going to read those two lines again because that's amazing. <clears throat> Wetness from the tip of my cock began to drip down the shaft and on my hand as I slowly stroked myself. Gosh, I want to stroke myself harder. Then her moaning and movement stopped. There was no way I could finish. If I moved in my bed, she would hear me. If I continued to stroke my cock, it would only be more torture because... I wouldn't be able to climax unless I stroked myself quickly. I was sure there would be another movement. I'd wait. Yeah, I'd wait. A week went by, and I never saw or heard her. <laughs> Every single one of these fanfic characters is a fucking Skyrim NPC. I don't understand what's happening. Okay. <clears throat> a week went by, and I never heard or saw her. Maybe she found out that she was actually rooming with a guy and decided to move out. There was no evidence of movers. Why should I care? Stop thinking about it. Another week went by! And still nothing. <laughs> then, one night, I woke up in bed thinking about how powerful and pleasurable her moaning sounded. Again, I thought of her soft skin, of her tummy and legs. The sweet voice of hers in the shower. Suddenly again, my hand was on my cock. Who cares now? No one is here. I proceeded to stroke myself hard. I deserved this. Wetness dripped from the head of my cock again, lubricating my hand against the surface of my shaft. Yeah, this was really nice. I let out a good, long, strong moan. Then, out of nowhere, I heard a moan again. Oh, shit! Again? 
Was she home this whole time? I started this, I'm going to finish it. So I stroked myself with high heart and fast thrust, making my bed shake. I made sure I moaned in enjoyment, too. I'm going to enjoy this. I heard her bed shake rhythmically as well. She had been able to hear me. She can? Is this a dream? As she moaned, I moaned with her. Then I decided to moan louder, and then she followed. I then pressed my bare cock against the wall and proceeded to thrust the wall and heard what sounded like a butt bang against the wall with me. With each thrust, I banged on the wall, and she banged on the wall in sync. As I exploded and come on the wall, she screamed in pleasure. I'm going to do it. This is crazy, but I'm going to do it. I wash my hands and body and put my clothes on and walked out into the hallway. I didn't even pause, but knocked on the door. My heart beat so fast as I heard footsteps approaching the door. As it opened, I finally saw in full view the girl from before. Hi, I'm your roommate, I said. I know, she said. We stood by the door, staring at each other, knowing what just happened. Would you like to come in? she asked. Sure, I replied. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cite. From the Other Side by Aiyu, spelled A-E-U, God, I can't even look at that, A-E-U-Y. It's like a fucking evil spell that you cast on dyslexics. A-E-U-Y. Ugh. However you want to pronounce that. Ugh. Ew. Ew. View from the other side by Ew. <laughs> okay. Just, just, just by this uh, title... I don't know if this is going to be a fun one or a serious one, but the title is fun. I normally do the titles at the end, but you guys deserve to hear this one at the start. This one goes by the name of A Cowboy and a Thunderstorm. They drove down a rural dirt road that stretched on and on as lightning crested on the horizon in front of them. Why can't you just admit that we're lost? She asked. Because we're not. I know exactly where we're going, and it isn't much further, he retorted. I hope he's a cowboy. You know, for a good old, you know, for a good old country boy, you're being particularly impolite today and using really bad dialogue tags, she observed as she toyed with the hem of her pale blue floral sundress. It's just that I want to be all out of surprises, okay? He sighed out as he took one hand off the steering wheel and grabbed one of hers, squeezing it gently. Neither of them noticed the first raindrop, but a few minutes passed and the sky opened up. Lightning streaked across the horizon, thunder rolled, and huge, fat drops of water collided with the interior of the open cab of the Jeep Wrangler. Screams of laughter and joy filled the air, joining Mother Nature's symphony. He slowed to a snail's pace and scanned the surrounding landscape for shelter. One cursory glance towards her, he spotted an abandoned barn in the distance. 
hey, babe, there's a barn over there, and we can wait out in it. He told her and crooked a smile and tugged his lips when she picked her head up to look. She turned back at him, and damn it, his face was almost completely dry thanks to that cowboy hat. While she was 95% sure, she looked like a drowned cat. Yeah, all right. As long as you think it's safe, she shrugged. The barn may have been safe, but the drive up to it was not. Halfway there, the jeep got stuck in a huge mud hole. The jeep was his best off-road vehicle and had never failed him, but despite his best efforts, it seemed to get worse. Well, I guess we're just going to have to hoof it from here. He laughed out as she smiled at his slightly disheveled appearance. She squealed when he lifted her up from her new spot in the driver's seat. Always the gentleman. She breathed out into his wet t-shirt. Of course, ma'am. He replied simply out of habit. Midway between the jeep and the barn, she had enough of being carried and tapped his chest signaling for him to let her down. As soon as he set her on her feet, she took off and stopped a few feet in front of him, twirling around, her head thrown back, and her arms spread wide, giggling like a schoolgirl. He just stood there and watched on in awe. This beautiful creature was his. What the hell did he do to deserve her? It was a question he asked himself on an almost daily basis. He walked toward her and spun her around, crushing his lips against hers in a passionate, bruising kiss. When they parted for air, he took her hand in his and led her toward the barn. Once inside, it was definitely drier, but there was a huge hole in the middle of the roof. There's a hayloft. Let's check it out, he told her as he dragged her towards the ladder. That doesn't look very safe, she stated. Don't worry. I'll go first. He soothed her. It had just about ten rungs on it, and he made it almost to the top before one snapped under his weight. She gasped before he crawled out of sight. It's safe. Just watch out for the broken rung, he said, as he stuck out his head over one arm over the edge to guide her. She quickly climbed up, and when she reached the broken bar, he merely grabbed her arm and swung her up, laughing at her surprised screams. She right herself and looked around the loft for being abandoned. It still had several bales and piles of hay scattered throughout it and a few horse blankets. She watched him lean against a pile of blanket underneath him as he beckoned her over to him. She crawled towards him and stopped at his side, resting on her boots. He watched as several droplets of rain from her hairline ran down over her pouty lips. A droplet got stuck on her lip when she gasped as he grabbed her and placed her on his lap. God, you are so fucking beautiful sometimes. You know that? He said, his southern drawl making the world fucking sound like a pure sin. She just shook her head and giggled. What do you want, cowboy? Hmm? She whispered and leaned into him. She took his hat from his head and put it on her own, tipping it back so she could trace her tongue over his ear. 
He hissed and bucked his hips into her covered sex. <clears throat> you want me to ride you like the stallion you are? Is that it? She teased as she rolled her hips into his. Yes, he groaned as he lifted her dress off in one clean sweep and threw it behind her. She turned her head and followed it as her heart sank when it disappeared from view under the loft. He took the moment of distraction to push her panties aside and thrust two fingers into her heat. They moaned in unison as he set a languid pace like they had all the time in the world. Maybe they did, and the storm was still raging on outside as they could hear the rain hitting the roof and the ground from the hole in it. Even though it was slow and sensual, she was being brought to the edge quickly. A particular thrust hit her sweet spot and right as she came all over her fingers and pants with a silent scream. See? So fucking beautiful. He told her as he removed his fingers to work his pants open enough to free his cock. He gripped her hip with one hand and stroked her juices over her shaft with the other. Then he lined her up and let her sink down on him. She teased just the head in and rolled her hips with a flourish that sent electricity through the both of them. Ride me, he demanded, as he gripped her waist and thrust up, seating himself to the hilt as she screamed out. She placed one hand on his shoulder, the other on his hat to keep it in place as she began to roll her hips, bouncing up and down every other minute. Fuck, that's a sight, he hissed when she picked up the pace and shoved her breast in his face. He took the invitation and sucked a nipple into his mouth greedily. He nipped at the bud, blurring the line between pain and pleasure before soothing it with his tongue and gave the other one the same treatment. He released her with a wet pop and snaked one hand back to where they were joined, pressing onto her clit. Come on, babe. Come for me. Let me feel you squeeze my tight and gush all over me. He said as he flicked her clit and she let go with a long keening wail. He stilled seated deep inside her to feel her clench all around him. Before she could come down, he flipped them so that she was caged underneath him. He took his hat off his head and put it back on... He took his hat off her head and put it back on his and then smirked down at her. My turn, he said as he pulled almost all the way out and slammed back. It pushed her forward a bit. She wrapped her legs around his waist and locked her boots together under his ass. The new angle allowed him deeper access. He slowed his pace and took a moment to just watch her. Her mouth was open in pleasure, her hair was still wet, and a few pieces of hay were stuck in as she had a thin sheet of sweat on her skin. I love you so fucking much, he told her as he leaned down onto his forearms and took her face in his hands, kissing her like she would vanish if he let her go. 
She wrapped her arms around his neck and tugged the short hair at the nape of his neck as his kiss deepened. He pulled away with a groan and picked up his pace where his heels dug onto him, slow and sensual, turned hard and rough. The only sounds to be heard were skin slapping skin, grunts and moans and distance thunder. He dipped his head and sucked a nipple into his mouth, flicking it with his tongue. I'm so close. Come with me, she breathed out. He braced himself on one arm and snaked the other between them to play into her completion. Where? he asked when his thrust turned sloppy and erratic. Inside me. Fill me up. Please? She begged as her nails dug into his neck. Are you sure? He asked as he snapped his head up to look at her. She gnawed as as a wave of pleasure overtook her before she clenched around him and her vision went white. He followed her a few minutes later and filled her with his warmth. He pulled out with a groan and she winced. He adjusted their position as he righted himself and his clothes. He pulled her to his side and covered her with extra blankets. I could stay here forever, she said sleepily. It is peaceful, he yawned out. He wasn't sure when he fell asleep, and he had tried really hard to stay awake. When he awoke, it was dark now, and the moon high in the night sky, casting an ethereal glow over everything. Shit, he said, as he noticed her shivering beside him, despite his body heat in the blankets. He moved to shift his position, but his legs were stiff from being kept straight for too long. She murmured in her sleep, but he couldn't make it out. Hey, babe, wake up, he said as he shook her gently. What time is it? She crooked out her voice from a thick sleep, hoarse from screaming. I'm not sure. Stay here while I find your dress, he told her as he climbed down and just hummed an affirmative. She heard him curse lowly and then climb back up. About your dress, it's a mess, he said as he showed her the article of clothing. Oh, looks like I got in a fight with the mud, she stated. You can wear my shirt. I have an extra in the jeep, yeah? He told her as he shed the aforementioned piece of clothing. She cursed when the cool night air hit her skin. Keep the blanket around you, too. I don't want to get you sick, he said, as he climbed back down halfway and motioned for her to follow. She followed him, and he helped her down all the way. I'm sorry about your surprise. She apologized as she just shook her head. Oh my god, I don't know who's talking. Doesn't matter. Honestly, this was probably a much better surprise, he told her as he led her back to the jeep. Now, let's go home before we catch our death. She laughed out as he nodded, his head in agreement. It took little to no time to get to the jeep unstuck in its prison, and they were off shortly after. She fell back asleep quickly, and he kept one eye on the road and one eye on her. Honey, we're home.
he whispered into her ear as they pulled up into the driveway. She merely hummed. He sighed out, and after he parked the car, walked over to the passenger seat and scooped her up, carried her into the house. He made a beeline for their room and laid her down, taking off her boots and tucking her before he fell into bed beside her sleep, taking him by surprise again. <clears throat> Three weeks later. She was in the bathroom again, and she hadn't been able to keep anything down in at least a week. Ugh, I feel like walking death, she grumbled into the porcelain bowl lower. I feel like three weeks is too early, but all right. Do you think we should take you to the doctor? He asked from the bedroom. Later today. Right now, I just want to sleep. She acquiesced as she stumbled out of the bathroom and nearly into bed. Hours later, they were in the parking lot of the local clinic. Come on, babe. Let's go figure out what's making you sick, he said as he grabbed her hand and ran his thumb over it soothingly. She nodded and let him lead her in. Half an hour later, she was telling the doctor the symptoms. A few unseemly tests later, she sat there in shock. She was far away in her own mind and couldn't hear the doctor telling her anything. That's impossible. She finally managed to breathe out. <laughs> it's really not. Sometimes people get lucky. You got lucky. I'm going to tell him, but you should, and soon. The woman sighed out clearly exasperated with her. She was in the waiting area when she came back from a food run. I got you some soup and crackers, and ginger ale. Babe, what's wrong? He asked, frozen on the spot by the crestfallen look on her face. I'm pregnant, she whispered, just loud enough for him to hear. Are you serious? That's wonderful. He beamed and then frowned at her expression. You're not mad? She questioned. God, no. Anything but. I'm so happy... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not how it's actually going to go if you fucking cowboy, I'm just telling you. He nearly shouted. He picked her up and swung her around, laughing as she squealed. If you, if you keep doing that, I'm going to throw up on you, she stated. Sorry, he apologized as he set her back down her feet. I guess you're stuck with me now, she laughed at. Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Two years later... She wandered outside, realized it was too quiet in the house. <laughs> I was so worth it. I was thinking about cutting it off after the sex. Here we go. This was so worth it. Here we are. Sweetie, what are you doing with thunder? <laughs> she asked the one-year-old son who was standing up, refurbishing barn with their prize stallion. The little boy beamed. Daddy, what? She questioned as she picked him up. Bubble, surprise, hobble, he told her. Is that so? Wow, this one-year-old kid's a narc. You are fucking 15 months old and you're already fucking narking. Jesus Christ. 
She asked him, and he smiled when he nodded his head. Enthusiastic! Wow, he even understands the whole concept. Jesus Christ, this kid's advanced. She grabbed Thunder's reins, and with her free hand, led him back to the barn. She stopped in the open doorway when she saw him on bended knee. Sans cowboy hat, dressed in a dress shirt and dress pants, with a ring box in his hand. What's this? she asked as the little boy dropped his horse reins. We'd like to get you something, he said, and placed their son on his bent knee. Be ours forever. They asked together as she felt her heart swell in her chest at that moment. Yes, of course. I wouldn't have it any other way, she said as she slipped the ring on her finger and both boys hugged her tight. They were relaxing on the porch later that night. I thought you were done with surprises, she sighed. Me? Never, he laughed out. Your last two surprises were pretty spectacular. Buying this piece of land, buying thunder. I'll never stop surprising you. Just as I'll never stop loving you. Okay. <clears throat> that was A Cowboy and a Thunderstorm by A Girl for All Fandoms. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to get into this last one. This is going to be the last piece. So if I can get a link, tip me, tip me. You should definitely, 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 definitely tip me. If you give me lots of money, I will do more shows. You should definitely tip me, tip me, tip me. You should really, really, really tip me. <laughs> or keep singing because Allie is late with the link. Tip me. Uh, okay. I like to think that I got her, like, mid-sip or something. She's usually right on that shit, so. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Last piece of the night. Thank you to everybody who requested something, everybody who came out, everybody who listens. I do appreciate you. I logged into my social media networking site and began skimming through the new posts. All of a sudden, I noticed a reply on one of my local groups. Could it be? The face looked so similar. Rob. Sure enough, this guy's name was Rob. Same last name, too. The memories came flooding back. We worked together. He was a year younger than me, and I was his boss. He was tall, lean, and half Cherokee. He had gorgeous thick black hair that tempted me to run my hands through it. His deep blue eyes seemed to see right through my soul. His high, chiseled cheekbones gave him a manly edge, yet his lips were plump and kissable-looking. His smile could not light up a room. His voice made it melt. It was so deep and sexy. I used to set up situations where he had to return my call just so I could hear his voice. I wanted him so much, but I was his boss, and I never acted upon my lust. We did go out places with a group of people, out to eat, dancing, parties, picnics, and the like, but I always admired him from afar. The times we were close together were difficult for me. 
I felt like he knew of my desire, and yet I felt that I couldn't act upon it. I also felt like we were constantly setting up situations where we did have to work side by side. Here we go. Ready for the plot twist? He quit that job nearly 40 years ago. I did see him once after that. He came in to buy something. We chatted. He had a good job and a girlfriend. I had a boyfriend. He needed to get home. We gave each other a quick hug, and he left. I did think of him from time to time over the years, but never expected to see him again. People move on. I moved on to many different states before coming back here. And then I got divorced. I was newly divorced on the day that I saw his picture. I felt a bit of disbelief. Could this really be him? I clicked on his page. That face. It was him for sure. His hair was just as thick and gorgeous as ever, but now it was a beautiful shade of silver that almost sparkles in the sunlight. Ah, Rob, you're old now. So am I. I could see that his interests hadn't changed, and better yet, he wasn't married. I bit my lip and contemplated sending him a friend request. Then I remembered getting a friend request from a recently divorced guy. We had gone to school together. Back then, he hadn't been very nice to me. I did accept the request, but felt like he was hitting on me. We really had nothing in common, so eventually stopped messaging me and married some woman. I didn't want to make Rob feel like I was doing that to him, but I have always been rather impulsive, as you can tell from my opening sequence. I sent him the friend request. Three days later, he accepted my request. Three days after that, he messaged me. Boy, everybody tonight is just refusing to tell the story in the time that it happened. <laughs> everybody is just refusing to talk about when the story's happening. It's all prelude. It's all fucking fanfare. Oh, my God. <laughs> I bit my... Oh, wait, hold on. I woke up to a message telling me that he was going to be in my city the next day on business, and would I be interested in meeting him for dinner? I said I would, and asked him if he'd like to see my friend's band. We were playing in the neighboring city at a little restaurant bar. I really wanted to see them, but I couldn't find anyone interested in going with me. He agreed to go. We met about an hour before the band started playing, we had a really scrumptious dinner and listened to the band for about an hour. The place was small and the acoustics were not the best, so it was hard to have a conversation in there. It also didn't have a dance floor, and I was itching to dance. He told me to look at my phone. He had sent me a message. I laughed. We were sitting right next to each other and had to message because the music was so loud. Ha! He told me that he really liked the band, but he wanted to talk to me some more. He asked me if I knew a place where we could do that. That's when we hightailed it back to my place. He took a seat on the couch, and I got us cold drinks. I put some music, but kept the music down low. We had the volume down low. I hadn't sat down yet. The first song came on. My lineup was Led Zeppelin whole lot of love. Oh yes, 
Luck of the draw there, because he was a big Zeppelin fan. He gazed up at me from the couch and drew a deep breath down. Can you still dance like you used to? You were so sensual. I giggled. I knew that there were a lot of moves that I used to do that I couldn't do now, but I still loved to dance. Hang on. Let me slip into something more comfortable, and we'll see. I ran into my room and grabbed the new rose-colored chemist that I had... Oh, my God. I don't know how to pronounce this word. C-H-E-M-I-S-E. I know that it's negligee, so I'm just going to say negligee. But I've never known how to say that word out loud, so I said chemist because I'm dyslexic. Chemise, chemise. I've got two different pronunciations vying. Chemise and chemise. Both of those sound like something that Vince would use to wipe up stains. Billy Mays here. Use the chemise to pick up spills. Okay. The chemise that I had gotten a few days prior. I hadn't tried it on yet, but it fit perfectly. It was thin and slinky, felt like silk against my skin, and it slithered down my body. The spaghetti straps were adjustable, but I left them as they were, so my breast threatened to pop out. The bodice was sheer lace, and the hem fell to my knees. I danced out of the bedroom. He grinned up at me. That color is perfect on you. Do you remember the silk blouse that you used to wear? It was that color. Oh, yeah. I wore it with purple wrapped up in silk. You wore no panties under that skirt. And the wind caught up that one day, and you saw that? He laughed. We all saw that. Oh, man, that was hot. I knew that I should be blushing, but I rarely get embarrassed. I just bit my lip, giggled, and then looked at him, batted my eyes, and smiled. I continued to dance and let my hips sway and gyrate, bent my knees and worked my butt closer to the floor as I ran my hands down my body. I didn't look at him for some time. I just danced like I always did. I find when I dance for someone, I have a tendency to stare at them too much, I feel like I'm coming across as creepy. He stood up from the couch with some difficulty. He had very long legs, and the couch is low to the floor. Oh, yeah, you're still hot. His eyes suddenly veered to the left, and he picked up a book and asked me what it was. It's about various healing techniques. I haven't finished it yet, but from what I have read so far, it works. It makes someone's knuckles pain go away, and I have tried it on myself. When I finish doing it, I feel really happy. I feel like I'm glowing. Do you think it would work on my lower back pain? It was nagging me earlier, and your couch didn't help too much. He shot the stink eye at the offending brown furniture as he pointed to it. I could try. Just don't sue me if it doesn't work. I haven't finished the book yet. He laughed. What do I have to do? Oh, well, I had to try and think through the steps that I needed to do. If you're wearing any metal, you have to take it off, empty your pockets, and take out your shoes. And if you're wearing a belt, 
and looked at his waist, my eyes were drawn down to the crotch of his black jeans. I saw a bulge there. Um, no belt, so we're good there. I grabbed a bar stool with no back to it and told him to sit down on it while he was ready. I'm just going to get these things ready when they warm up. My hands will make them more sensitive and also loosen my diaphragm. He sat on the stool and watched me in amused fashion as I went through the series of exercises. Wouldn't a back room be easier than all that? I told him that it probably would be, but I was going to do more than that. I was going to cleanse his aura and remove any diseased or clogged energy, then comb through his aura and fill it up with good energy, and I wouldn't even have to touch him to do it. Your whole body is going to feel wonderful when I'm done. Oh, yeah? Okay, then. Let's see what you can do. You just relax. Put your tongue against the roof of your mouth and breathe deeply. I did the same, but I made sure to do the measured breathing as I'd read to do in the book. This might seem a little weird, but I need to scan your aura first. I will do that with my hands. They will go over your body from about three feet away to within three inches of you. But I won't actually touch you. I'm just trying to see how far out your aura extends in various spots. Then I will work at clearing away any blockages. An amused smile took over his face as I began my work. Just as recommended in the book, I had a bowl of salt water nearby to flick the bad energy into a spray bottle of witch hazel and lavender oil to spray my hands as needed. I spent about half an hour scanning and cleansing his aura. I noticed that the main areas of distress were his lower back and his crotch. As I worked my hands over his crotch area in the dog paddle fashion, I could see his cock pulsing up against the fly in his jeans. How are you feeling? Damn, I feel really great. My back doesn't hurt anymore, and I feel like I've had a nice long nap. I feel very refreshed. Good, good. That is how you should feel, but, uh, but what? I wasn't sure how to phrase it without sounding super sexual, and at that point, I was in healing mode more than anything else. You, you seem to have a lot of blockage around your sacral chakra. He looked up into my eyes with an amused expression again. A cock blockage, huh? Well, if you want to put it that way, then yes, that's what you have. I see. And can you take care of that without touching me? Maybe. Right, he laughed. You're just as silly as you used to be. But that's what I like about you. I stood there blinking for a little while, not sure what to do. I hadn't finished the book. Then I remembered something. I read something in a porno magazine some years back. There were two women, and they found a guy to be their guinea pig for an experiment. They had him sit on a bar stool, naked, and they talked to his cock for about 20 minutes later. Then he had an orgasm. What did they do to make him come? They talked to his cock. 
That was it. It made him come. Mm -hmm. Bend down for me. I did. He patted me on the head. That's a cute little fantasy, but that would never happen in real life. Sorry to burst your bubble. I know you somehow took my back pain away with whatever it is you did with your hands. But not touching me, but talking to a cock. Now, I did feel like blushing. I still had the hots for him big time, but I had to take that train to Sillyville. Instead of seeing me as sexy, he was probably seeing me as some sort of wackadoodle. Great. Just great. I twisted my mouth to the side and looked at him sheepishly. You know, I'm thinking back on pretty much all of the harebrained ideas that you have. Oh. You know, I'm thinking back on and pretty much all the harebrained ideas that you had in the past actually panned out quite well in the end. So I'll make you a deal. I'll get naked for you and sit on the stool. I'll give you 20 minutes. And if you haven't achieved your goal by the end of that time, you owe me. <laughs> I'll owe you what? He chuckled. That's to be determined at the end of the 20 minutes. If you're still like you used to be, I know you'll go for it. I chuckled. Strip while I get the timer. As I walked in the kitchen, I heard him muttering something about me, but I wasn't sure what I said. I did feel silly at first, but I don't think I feel as silly as he did back on that bar stool, naked. His hands were sort of cupped across his crotch. I dropped to my knees so his face was at his crotch level. I inhaled deeply, his manly aroma filling my nostrils. Man fur. He had man fur. Not a lot of it, though. Just little wisps of hair down there with still more salt than pepper than silver. More like black with touches of gray. If I'm going to talk to your cock, I'll need to see it. He looked down at me and rested his hands on his thighs. Hello, cock. You're looking mighty fine. Oh, my God, he laughed. I could see that this was going nowhere fast. I was going to have to change up my game. I used to dream of you, cock. I wanted you so badly, but I was afraid to act on what I wanted. I saw his cock, which had grown flaccid, begin to stiffen a bit. But now that we're together again... So close that you can feel my hot breath on you. You can imagine what my lips might feel like. Kissing you all over. And then wandering down to kiss your balls. Oh, they look so full. His cock stiffened some more. It seemed to be growing larger before my eyes. I see you buried in all that nice warm hair. I'm watching you get harder and harder before my eyes. Just imagine what it feels like if I could touch you with my fingers. I would stroke you softly, like this. I ran my hands up and down around his cock very carefully, feeling his aura there and being careful not to actually touch him, but to keep them close enough to where he could feel the heat, feel the electric sensations that the palms of my hands were emitting. 
Oh, fuck. He stretched his neck and looked up at the ceiling helplessly while his cock sprang to life beneath me. You're such a beautiful cock. I've never seen such a beautiful cock before. You are just the right size. You would fit into my mouth so nicely. I would work my lips and my tongue all the way down your balls, feeling your head slipping down my throat like it belonged there. I see the first drop of precum glistening there at the tip, tempting me to lick it off, but I can't, because I can only talk to you. He stretched a bit on the bar stool, and I watched as the precum began to trickle out. Oh, you're leaking so badly. Let me put my hand under your head and try and catch all that sweetness. I felt the fluid plopping into the palm of my hand, hot and slippery. I pressed the palm of my hands into my lips and began licking it up greedily. Oh, my yes. This is what I want. Mm. And you're still leaking. You poor thing. You must be aching. Time and again, I let his fluids fill one palm and then the other, lapping it up and then telling him how good it tasted. Look at what you've done to me, cock. You've made my nipples as hard as you are. I looked up at him to make sure he was watching me. I put my hands inside my chemise and pulled my breasts up as hard and high as I could so I could lick one nipple and then the other. <clears throat> I wish I could run my tongue over you like I am with my tits. I would make you come, but... All I can do is talk to you. Robert let out a moan, thrust his head backwards, and thrust his cock towards my mouth. I had to move back so I didn't touch it. You are making my pussy so hot and wet and swollen. My clit is just throbbing. You deserve to be buried deep inside of me, letting the walls of my pussy massage all that come out of you. His cock was really dripping now. I moved my mouth very close to it, letting his hot breath out in little puffs all over his cock and balls. I think you need to come. I need to come. I'm going to come. Thinking about what this is doing to me? Uh, come. I froze in place, felt my pussy tighten, my stomach suck in, and my back arch as the orgasm ripped through me. I had to grip the legs of the bar stool to maintain my balance. Oh, God, please. Rob was rocking helplessly on the bar stool, his poor cock seeking relief and finding none. You need to come too, don't you, cock? I can tell that you are throbbing and your balls are aching. Don't hold back. You can come now. Get all messy for me. I looked up at Rob. He had a pained expression on his face, his body tensed up. I looked down at his balls to see them draw up towards his body, and then it happened. But not like I expected it. He didn't exactly shoot. The cum came out more like a slow, steady ooze that didn't seem to want to stop. I just drooled and drooled. I caught what I caught with my hands, lapping it up as fast as I could. It covered his thighs and his tummy. His cock was sort of jerking all over on its own and making a huge mess. I guess I can touch you now. I put my head in his lap and began trying to clean him up with my tongue, 
but his cock was very sensitive as I licked him there. He screamed out in pain and told me to get a washcloth or something. I ran to the bathroom, wet a washcloth with warm water, and returned it to clean him up, but I found him hunched over and shivering. The air had gotten chilly. I ran the washcloth over him quickly and gently as I could. I grabbed my hands and pulled him towards me. Fuck. He did it. And the timer didn't even go off. I, uh, forgot to set the timer? He let out a laugh. I don't even care. That was so fucking intense. Wow. It's, it's freezing in here. Let's get you under a blanket. I tried to lead him to the couch. Not the couch. We both let out a laugh. In the bedroom it is, then. I wrapped his arm around... I wrapped my arm around him and walked him a few feet into my bedroom with him and eased him back onto the bed, tucking him under the soft purple blanket and snuggling up with him. You know, this evening did not at all end like I envisioned it. But damn, I am not complaining. He pressed his lips to mine and we kissed each other deeply for some time. He looked sleepy and contented, but then... He suddenly shook himself awake again and stretched. Uh, this is without dialogue tag, so I'm going to read without dialogue tag. Let's have a bathroom break and a beverage break, and then it's my turn to talk to you. I won't put you on the bar stool, though. I can use this. Okay, he just his dialogue tags. Okay, okay then I'll get us some refreshments. <laughs> Okay, I gotta stop. I, if you guys want pussy whispering? We can do pussy whispering. Uh, <laughs> the second part, but uh, uh, <laughs> there's gotta be some limits. Uh, no, this is the same chapter. It goes on for a whole nother page. So he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna start talking to that pussy. Uh, if you guys want that, I'll one hundred percent do it on another show. That is <laughs> a pretty good show uh, for here and now. Uh, one more time, just with the tips, just to prod anybody who didn't send it in, because I definitely deserve them after all that. Holy shit, that was a lot of comedic reading that I didn't lose my shit on. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> That's going to be the tip show for us. Uh, if you're still listening, if you're still listening at this part and this long in, then you are for sure a huge fan. Uh, you may have noticed on social media that I was talking about being in a funk, being in a little bit of a depressive episode. Uh, all I can say is, please, 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 if you, if you have a request or if you have something for me, work is something that I can do no matter what. Uh, I'm just being very honest with you because, again, if you're listening at this point in the recording, uh, you, you are a fan. So I'm just saying, please, if you have suggestions, if you have connections for the podcast, somebody I could be a guest on or, or, or something we could share work on, let me know. Um, the podcast could absolutely use uh, a little bit of a refresher like that. Could use some more exposure. I'm not gonna lie. I would be I, I would be in this funk no matter how the podcast was doing. But the podcast could do a lot better. Uh, numbers are down, and considering how I think the quality has never been higher than these last five months, um, it, it is causing a you know it it's it's it doesn't feel great. So I, I'm pleading with you because you guys are the lifeblood of this thing. If you're listening this far in, you're a super fan. 
somebody somewhere has got to have something to help me and Allie are going to be doing everything we can. We've already brainstormed this whole week on how to expand, on how to on how to get uh, how to get the word out there. If you have suggestions, if you can just reblog me, I know not many people follow you, maybe, but anything. Uh, retweeting uh, anything that gets the word out there. I'd really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, coming here, doing these shows on Friday night, having the energy to do so, uh, even when everything's not going great, it's really meaningful to me. And everybody who comes and joins up, everybody who listens to one of these live shows, I know you're just listening for me, and that's amazing. And it really is one of the best things in my life right now, so thank you for it. Because I know that you've been down sometime in your life, so... When somebody provides something that you love, something you can do, you know that you appreciate it. So thank you again to everybody who comes out to the live show, everybody who makes a request, everybody who tips. Thank you so much. Uh, it is going to be a live show every Friday at 10 p.m. Eastern until I say otherwise for a while yet. Uh, so thank you again. Absolutely, everybody. I appreciate you very, very much. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you uh, enjoy uh, Season 1, Episode 2, Gym Buddies, when it comes out here uh, in the near future. Thank you again. Hope to see you at the live show. Hope you're enjoying the regular podcast episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Feel free to reach out. Feel free to send a, a work request and that sort of thing. I am here for it. Uh, you guys are the best. And with that, let us go ahead and sign off.